1: minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement Due $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com we have this need constantly as human beings to blame someone or give someone the credit yeah. in the ultimate team sport right. that we we can sit here and we know we know, okay, what are some of the other reasons Buffalo lost that game? They had a linebacker out there, A.J. Klein, who was about to take his family on vacation, who walked into a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andy Reid goes, okay, right. how about this? Right. We're, going to, where you? We're going to put 13-person on the field, and you're going to leave nickel. on the field. What do you think is going to happen? Right. Isaiah Pacheco is going to look like Tristan McCoy out here. <laughs> that's what happened. That's thing. what happened. Yeah. Great, right? You know what? We want to blame someone because we like to have someone say it was you. Yeah. And that's what we do to quarterbacks.
2: Louis Riddick on ESPN about, you know, the conversation they're having about how much does Josh Allen deserve for blame. And, you know, he went to, hey, there are other things that happen in football games. A.J. Klein not supposed to be out there. He was. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs saw that and said like, yeah, OK, see you later. We're not going to have any problem moving the ball. 803-0550, Jeremy and Joe on this Wednesday morning. It is a little warmer today. A little bit. Flood warnings as everything melts. It's why it's w- so foggy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's warm enough and melting fast enough that you can hear it melting outside. Yeah. You walk in your driveway, you'll just hear water. You or- hear the water dripping from the gutter. So you can't you can't <laughs> walk under your gutter because you're gonna get massive raindrops like on your on your head. Or I was actually looking and casing icicles yesterday. Like, was would that thing take me out? If that thing fell, would it take me out? Yeah. You gotta get a hockey stick and uh and whack I, those down. I, I got to work on some of them. I, then I started throwing snowballs at them too to knock them down.
0: Hockey stick's an underrated like tool. Tool, yeah. For that, espe- for especially yeah. if, if I'm knocking down icicles, what what would I rather have? Right. That's that's number one. Like a what a rake? That's not gonna work.
2: I have a repurposed hockey stick as a snow scraper. Okay. You take it. Is and it and like a you... snow scraper at the end of like a hockey it's just, shaft? Like a, it's like a long. Yep. No, it's well, it's a cut down. Hockey stick shaft. Yeah. And then you yeah. put like a little scraper on one end and the bristles on the other. Yeah.
0: It's pretty cool. There's a whole market for those. Like the uh, – my buddy is the grill tools
2: that are all like uh, hockey, hockey sticks. Hockey sticks. Yeah. Nice. Eight oh three oh five fifty 550 is our phone number. We will get to Sal Capaccio coming up in the 730 segment to talk about yesterday's end-of-season press conference for the Bills GM and coach. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, I asked you to do your best to see if you, you could ever find a spot where Sean McDermott had talked about how important it was to have explosive plays on offense. Because yesterday he said mm-hmm. how important it is to have explosive plays. And he even sounded like, when talking about it, one of the – I'll just say it. Like one of the fancy stats, analytics, one of the writers in football that would do a story about drives with an explosive player three times more likely to score. McDermott sounded like he had – that at the ready about how important an explosive play is to an offense. And I don't know that he's ever said explosive plays are important to my offense, but he did yesterday. So what did you find in the history of McDermott saying the words explosive plays? So doing a Twitter
0: search from 2017 to New Year's Eve of
2: 2023. So this would be like any time a writer quotes him. Yes. So it
0: is possible he said it and didn't have it quoted, but I feel like...
2: Whatever, it's a pretty good look at
0: transcripts, maybe. Exactly. Uh, He's only... McDermott has only ever said the word explosive when referencing opponents. Which he's done a bunch of times, by the way. He's called Dallas Explosive. He's called uh, Denver Explosive. He's called... Kansas City explosive, Cincinnati explosive, but he's never, to to what I saw, he's never called his own team explosive or has said anything about need for explosive plays, want for explosive plays, again, at least by what's been quoted, he's been quoted of saying on Twitter. Um, Some of that could be, and I, I always have this thought when someone makes a comment about the Bills, and him always talking about wanting to run the ball better. I'm not saying he never brings it up unprompted. I'm sure he does. But he got asked about explosive plays yesterday. Right? Yep. That's why he was talking about it. He, was, he If he doesn't get asked, maybe even Sal was the one who asked the question, if he doesn't get asked about explosive plays, he doesn't talk about explosive plays. And he gets asked about, he used to more so, I guess, get asked about the run game on the daily. Right. So that's a big reason why there is so much talk from him about wanting to run the ball better. We want to run the ball better, because what else is he gonna say? He's not gonna say we don't. Right? Right. And if he wh- gets a pointed question about something specific, he's going to say, Well, we want to do that better, no matter what it is. The where my optimism comes in is you just said it. There there it is out there. There are statistical proof that if you get an explosive play on a drive, you're, whatever, 30% more likely to score. And McDermott
2: did sound like he knows that yeah. when asked about it yesterday. Yeah, think, thinking about what this offense has placed value in, since, you know, we've got a tweet up here about since the Eichel trade, what the Sabres have done, since the Diggs trade, what the Bills have done has been show an increased desire to have running backs and tight ends right, more, more than receiver, really. Right. I mean, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders for a year, but, you know, look at what they did at running back. They have, of course, they drafted Zach Moss because they want a guy that was a hammer. Yeah, yeah, And that didn't work out. They traded him away. They drafted James Cook to be a pass catcher. They tried to sign J.D. McKissick to be a pass catcher. They got Naheem Hines to be a pass catcher in the run game. Right. They signed Damian Harris to be a hammer. They signed Latavius Murray to be a hammer. Right. They've got these very specific roles carved out at r- running back that they keep chasing, and they draft a tight end so mm-hmm. they can put two tight ends on the field, and none of those Elements really speak to explosive plays. No, no, their none offense of, none keeps of keeps chasing specific roles rather than. And, and it's funny that the matchup nightmare is all, all also when you're talking about whether it's Cook or Kincaid. The matchup linebacker is guys that would win matchups against linebackers,
0: right? Which
2: teams aren't incorporating as much anymore? No, right? Like
0: you're not seeing base defenses where in in 2003 Dalton Kincaid would be a nightmare. Like, you wouldn't be able to cover them. If you had Kincaid and James Cook running routes on the, on the daily and it was 2003, you wouldn't be able to stop them. But defenses now are more capable than ever of, okay, we're, we're fine. We're fine covering James Cook. We're fine figuring out a way to cover Dalton Kincaid. We face these guys every week. So that that is, I mean, there's no doubt that's why they're missing the explosive plays it it also could be did they overvalue did they did they think too much of Gabe Davis? Because Gabe Davis was that early in his career. That's all right. of his all of his numbers, yards per reception was one where like he led the league for like four years um running, three years running. Yeah. Because all of his plays were down the field. He was their deep threat. And now that his role got expanded and maybe defenses started to respect him a little bit more, did they overvalue Gabe Davis in that way, did they think he could just be their deep threat for as long as he was going to be starting? Because, you know, he's not a burner. He's not someone that just naturally gets open down the field. Was he getting open because of other things that were happening in the offense? Um, I don't know. But that's a part of it, too, is not who they have brought in. But maybe they brought those guys in. Maybe they ignored receiver because they thought Gabe Davis legitimately could be a number two that consistently is big is getting big plays down the field, yeah
2: no, that's right. he did do that, and you know going back two years ago, our big concern was they didn't have anybody behind Davis and Diggs on the outside, and then that was basically true last year too, until it got to Sherfield, and he let you down as well. I'm looking at market value. We'll get to a call here in one moment, market value because on Davis being said we'd you know of course we'd be i don't want to Josh, you have the exact cut. You can find Him talking about Davis and them liking to bring him back. I don't want to. I don't put the wrong words in his mouth about we'd be crazy not to explore it or be open to it. You know what he's doing there is not shutting the door on Davis, right? Because if it came back at the right number, what's the right number for me? It's like veteran minimum. I mean, I'm not not to be rude to Gabe Davis, but Spotrac put puts Gabe's value at thirteen and a half million dollars.
0: Subscribe to at that within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: And there's just yeah, absolutely no, no there's no chance there's absolutely no way that that is happening for the Bills. If it does, it'll be a massive mistake. Yeah, I, I mean eight million dollars is too much. You you don't want to commit that money when you can do a second round receiver who can give you all the same stuff. Well, in the lack of explosive plays and what McDermott said about that
0: yesterday. And also, I mean, he did make the comment about, I cut my teeth from Andy Reid and like I believe in pass first. I mean, they, for four years, are the second pass happiest team in the league. They went down in a big way the second half of the year. And listening to both McDermott and Bean yesterday, mostly McDermott, I, I, I want to believe more than ever that... They ran the ball more under Joe Brady because they got to the bye week, or they got to Brady as the coordinator, and McDermott and whoever went looked around and said, "We can't throw it like we normally did because we just don't have the players to do that it." That would jive, except that
2: Dorsey did. Dorsey did what? Throw the ball like that? But it wasn't working, or they were it, they were they
0: were losing at least. Now
2: well, they were turning the ball over occasionally, and their defense
0: went. But was that because Josh was trying to make throws that used to be there that are no longer there because his, be right. the
2: guys aren't open anymore? I mean, Diggs was open. Diggs was off on his way to a career season. All, all I mean is, like,
0: we have 65 games of sample before that say that they – and Dable was here and, like, I, I don't know. But whatever. McDermott was the head coach for 65 games where the Chiefs were the only team in the league that threw it more than they did. And the last nine – they were like middle of the pack, right? I think right. they were. I think they were 14th neutral situation under Joe Brady for for pass rate. So, am I to believe? I I don't know. Like the way he sounded to yesterday makes me want to think. Don't worry about it. We're gonna we're going to fix this and we're going to get back to our bread and butter, which is we have Josh Allen a quarterback. Of
2: course, we're going to throw the ball top three in the league. Yeah,
0: I want to believe
2: that. Eight oh three oh five fifty. So Gabe Davis's market value is thirteen. I did two others. T. Higgins is 18 on SpotTrack. Okay. And Michael Pittman Jr. is 22.7 market value Did on Spot got Pittman track. that much higher than Higgins. I was a little surprised by that, too, but yeah. I think there's plenty out there that says Michael Pittman is a legitimate number one. Yes. Higgins is maybe that, too. I mean, he's been... But we haven't seen sh- him in that role. We have when Chase is out, and he's been great. Okay. So... Yeah. I, I don't know. For, yep. for whatever, take it for what it's worth. Michael Pittman at twenty two point seven. So, well,
0: in in being saying they won't close the door to Davis, the Milano example will always come up because no one thought they'd bring him back. And, and same did.
2: with John Feliciano. But the reason yeah. was we didn't think the Bills could afford those guys on how much they were going to get on the market, right. and we did want them back. Right, well, you would have wanted Milano back on a decent size contract because he's one of the best in the league. Right, and with Davis, that is not the case. No. You, like what? What price would you want him back? Like
0: he, if if you can get him on, I I mentioned yesterday, like go get me an Emmanuel
2: Sanders type. You know you know what I would take uh, Davis like if he'd on. Take that. I take Davis on like Deontay Hardy's deal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to sound insulting. That is about what he makes, like $4 million is What he made in his final year. Well,
0: and I wonder, right? Like I wonder what the likelihood is. Where are they at on that? Like, would they give him seven million a year? Would they give him eight million dollars a year? I mean, I hope not. No way. But. To me, what happens like what might happen is Davis gets to the market, like he said he's gonna do in March. And all these teams are gonna look at this historically deep receiver class where you might have ten guys that you could seriously believe are gonna come right in and produce for you right away. And Davis on the free agent list, like last year was a weak class where Juju and Alan Lazard were like the top of the top of the list and this year with Pittman and Higgins and uh Mike Evans and they're just there's a bunch of guys Davis uh, Mike Clay, I saw from ESPN had Davis ranked as like his 7th ranked free agent wide receiver that's going to hit the open market so if that's the case i mean teams might have 17 18 better ideas than Gabe Davis he i, I don't know i don't think he's going to get 13 million dollars with all of that being true there's t- it's too it's too deep. There's
2: too many other ideas for receiver needy teams this offseason than Gabe Davis. 8030550. Davis is coming off a deal as a fourth round pick that paid him four million dollars for four years. Total, total value. Wow, that's wild. Four years three point nine. So he deserves to get paid, and I hope he does, and I mm-hmm. wish him all the luck in the world. Well would I take him back on the bills? I'd take him back on Hardy's contract and not much more. Dan and DePew. Hey Dan, good morning.
1: Hey, don't it's funny you guys were just talking. One of the things I was going to talk about was the Hardy deal. I think Hardy was a waste of money. I know he's a punt returner. I was like, I would keep Davis if he if we could get him for five or six million because he at least catches the ball. Paying five million for uh, Hardy was a waste of money. Sheffield just didn't work out. We need to load up on wide receivers. It's about putting points on the board and outscoring Patrick Mahomes. You already got the two tight ends. You already got the line somewhat, I think. Hmm. Um, You know, Diggs doesn't really – Diggs we're probably going to keep. He's a great receiver, but he's getting old. I don't care if we have to draft a receiver and get one in free agency, but you have to load up on wide receivers, and it's about putting points on the board because it ain't working with defense and trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. You know, Von Miller, old. It ain't working out. Just load up on offense. Yeah. Load up on offense and go, Josh Allen, you are the second-best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Now you got five wide receivers. I don't care how they got to do it, but I I don't care if you got a, your first three drafts are wide receivers. Just <laughs> load up on offense. Try something different, but my biggest fear is they're not going to, and we're just going to have Shakir and Diggs, and it's going to come down to just Shakir is our only receiver in the playoffs because Diggs doesn't show up against the Chiefs.
0: Thank well, you. Thanks, Th- Dan. Thanks, Dan. I mean, they're going to do something. They're not walking yeah. into next season. I mean, look at who's yeah. under contract. They're, to me, the least likely outcome is they walk into next season and Justin Shorter is their starting receiver opposite of Diggs.
2: Yeah. Let me give you two names that the Bills will not have next year, but you can cling to these two names as mm, hope. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Now, why do I say those names? Because they were supposed to be shot and old. Yep. And they are not. Keenan Allen, right? Supposed to be toast. He had a great year. Why do I bring them up? Well, Diggs is getting older. That doesn't mean it's over for him. Right. He had a bad eight games. He had a really bad playoff game. He has been one of the best receivers in the sport for a long stretch Mm -hmm. he is elitely talented he's an elite receiver he did not play like one for eight games it's a little bit like your point about you trust that McDermott won't be as run heavy as they were you think it's because they didn't have the receivers okay I saw Keenan Allen and Mike Evans in their year 30 31 seasons have tremendous years now I know you will point to not incorrectly Julio Jones hit a wall and was gone yeah but it doesn't have to go that way, and there's also that's right. There's a point there on Von Miller too, like you know, hoping that Miller can be great for them next year. It might be a hope, but uh, it, I, I would have yeah. I would have much 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 more faith in Diggs being just fine next year. A big contributor, a thousand yards again, and being back in everyone's good graces. I expect him on the team. I don't expect him to be traded. The salary cap situation is what it is, but I'm looking towards Evans and Keenan Allen as reminders great receivers might have a bad stretch doesn't mean they're old and shot immediately every time well especially the the good news is the injury
0: history with Diggs is not so substantial that like that really is a big reason why Julio Jones and AJ Green like those two were premier receivers of their generation that were done by the time they got to 31 years old they both had tons of injuries racked up on giant bodies and where I might have some confidence Evans doesn't guess doesn't fit for this but Allen does Keenan Allen is like what do Julio Jones and AJ Green have in common their bodies broke down why were they great because they were superhuman freaks right they were they were like cyborgs out there they were designed in labs they were so athletic they were just more athletic than you that's it's well, a big reason why they were like the best receivers of their generation I, I would
2: agree I mean Julio Jones is an all-timer in terms it, of
0: and Diggs is more just like ta- tactical technician. I mean, he is not the receiver he is because he's a better athlete than you. He's a He is the receiver he is because he understands route running. He understands
2: coverages um, and, you know, how his, bo- his own body works better than anybody else. It's funny you say that because as we get into this draft process and we see highlights, there are going to be plenty of highlights of young receivers as we're talking receiver train, you know, choo-choo, baby. Yeah. Get on board. We're, we, we, we've been here. We're happy to have you. The thing that I'm going to say a lot, Joe, and this kind of speaks to your point, is you know what's going to impress me more than a highlight reel, one-handed, backhand catch on the sideline that's made on a mm-hmm. throw that's errant is a guy that shakes a guy loose all the time and gets open. Mm-hmm. Like, the highlight reel route tree is more important to me than the highlight reel catch. And you can fall in love yeah. with a six four guy that makes a catch on the sideline on a bad throw. I'm counting on an offense that's going to be pinpoint and perfect cuz Josh Allen's amazing right. and that guy's going to make catches and he's going to be open all the time because he's so good at it. The four there are
0: four guys that have had in the last decade that have had multiple thousand yard seasons in their 30s. They're all what we're talking about. They're all like I mean some some of these guys are playing in the slot. It's Larry Fitzgerald, Julian Edelman, Anquan Bolden, and Vincent Jackson. Those are the only four guys that have done it multiple times in their 30s. Diggs is already on one, so he would join that list by having another thousand yard season. Keenan Allen, by the way, could add to that list next year, too. Um, but what do all those guys have in common? I mean, they're all what we're talking about. None of those are the six, five George Pickens gigantors that you're just throwing jump balls to. Yeah. CJ in Buffalo before the break. Good morning, CJ. Are you there? CJ you there?
2: All right, you know what, C.J., we're going to put you on hold. We're going to get to Sal. We'll bring you back in when Sal joins us. Sal, to recap the uh, press conference from yesterday, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott both spoke down at One Bill's Drive, and we'll get Sal's thoughts and yours as well. 803-0550, 550 2550 to join us. Jeremy and Joe on WGR.